1: also with other interesting guests, then listen to marketing school every weekday on the iHeart radio app, Apple podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe. And my podcast climbing in heels is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things, fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: You always follow the, follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is
0: Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on
4: VSN.
5: Welcome back. It is Follow the Money here on v the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss, Paulie Howard, live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. We will kick off this hour talking some golf as our buddy Indy Jeff Seely joins us on Wednesdays at this time. You can check out the CutMakerPod.com site for all of his latest plays and podcasts. Also, the CutMaker Podcast, available on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your uh, podcast. Uh, Jeff, thanks for popping on again today. Before we get into the Texas Open, I want to ask you, because next week at this time, we're going to be talking all Masters, right? And you are slated uh, next week to talk to Cam Young's new caddy on your podcast, which is just tremendous. Great get for you. Um, let me ask you about this, then, with the Masters next week. Did you lock in anything on Cam Young uh, before he went on this recent tear?
6: Yeah, it's interesting. I, uh, I, I played Cam Young at 45-1 to 1, uh, last Saturday um just before the, the fi- finals obviously of the uh delve and and yeah his price dropped like a rock he was i well, was 25 to 1 a lot of other places i found a 45 to 1 dk and played that and ironically uh yesterday i got a note back from paul tesori's he's, he's gonna come on my the podcast uh, the, the tuesday following the masters so i'm really excited about that uh i think I you know obviously i think cam young will will uh i mean he's he's Got as good a chance as anybody, right? And 45 to 1, great price. Um, I think his price now is about where it should be. But you talk about a guy who's just, he's supremely talented. And I had Carl Paulson on, who's on Golf Channel, former PGA player, a few weeks ago. And at the end of my pod, the one guy, like he made a note to just mention, I didn't even bring it up. He's just like, hey, for all your listeners, for everybody, like if there's one guy you need to watch on PGA Tour right now who is going to be a superstar, it is cameo mm. and it was just mm-hmm. unsolicited. And my guy who, you know, eats, sleeps, brings PJ to her all day, every day. Um, it was interesting to hear. And, and you, obviously you can see the talent, right. And the match play but his first 9 I think they said his first nine holes, he had uh, eight straight threes. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, that, and that was, that was the first nine holes. He put as Paul story as his caddy. So it's like, this is, this is going to work out. Obviously Paul was web, Simpson's caddy forever. Um, obviously everybody knows I'm a huge Webb Simpson guy, but, um, I, I mean, it's not often that a caddy like trades up, right? I mean, usually a player caddy switch and they, uh, you know, the caddy's looking for a loop and trying to find someone to, to, to caddy for him. And in this case, I mean, I, Webb Simpson, tremendous player, pardon a hall of fame golfer, but man, to get a young star like this is, was a great guess.
4: Uh, you were tweeting about this and very surprised and animated. What'd you think of some of the odds here in the lack, in the, the the odds and maybe lack of respect for the live guys coming up with the Masters?
6: Well, here's what, here's one thing, guys. Is I I know that Jordan Spieth has superpowers and can bounce it off the spectator to keep it out of the water and get up and down an eagle better than any player of the game. But making Spieth shorter odds than Cam Smith is interesting to say the least, right? I mean, Cam Smith. I, I mean, is it's phenomenal. Um, I, I yeah, say he's on live, and I think a lot of these guys are just kind of a little bit almost out of sight, out of mind mm-hmm. because they are on the live, right? And and um, I just think that's a really disrespectful. Pro- and frankly, I think DJ should be lower price and speed. Be honest with you. I mean, um, I both I, I would play DJ and Cam Smith against Speed in matchups and Masters. And I know Speed's coming in great and really good form. Uh, there's a lot to like about him right now, but. I just think that DJ and Cam Smith are better players than, than he is right now. And you can get DJ twenty-two to one or so at least the DraftKings and shop around. I'm sure there's there's some uh-huh. better prices. In I, I, both cases, I would take Cam Smith or DJ um, before I'd take I bet on Steve. Okay,
5: very good. So then, as for this week with the Texas Valero Open, are you going to be fading golfers who have already qualified for the Masters?
6: You bet, because a lot of times, I mean, occasionally a guy who's already qualified to win, but often it's guys who haven't. And and there's three key guys this week um, who, who really make sense, who I think you know are, are trying to get in the Masters. The first one everyone knows about is the top of the, the odds, right right behind Carol Hatton, is, is Ricky Fowler. And the odds have come down on him, he's 18-1 on DK. He was north of 20 earlier in the week. But, um, man, the case for him is very straightforward. He's gained an average of three and a half strokes on approach over his last five events. That's really good, guys. And he's gained over four strokes putting in those same five, five events. That's even better. So, I've never been a big Fowler guy, but this looks really, really good. Um, I used to not really root for him. Now he's super easy to root for. And some sites don't have him up because he's not in the field yet. But DraftKings has him at sixty-five to one to win the Masters. Um, I think that's worth a you know a couple bucks. Uh, because if he wins that, uh, this event, that a price will come down. Um, Ricky Fowler, I, I, I do think is interesting to take a look at. Um, Kuchar's 30-1, to 1, needs to, needs a win to get in the Masters as well. Mm-hmm. He's kind of dusty and hasn't been as good as Fowler lately. But with Kuchar, his putter can get insanely hot. He's got great course history here. So he's gained over five strokes putting in two of his last six events. A big finish second here last year. Now there's no chance I'm playing Kuchar in the Masters, but um, a little bit on here, the win is okay, and I, and I really like Kucher. You can find him plus 300, top 10. I think that's really attractive. And then another young player who actually won here on the Corn Ferry Tour in 2020 is Davis Riley. You can find him in the 25-to-1 ballpark. Um, he's finished inside the top 30 in four of his last five events, including in eighth place at the API a few weeks ago. Um, his stats look similar to Fowler's, albeit not quite as good. Um, but I'm sure he's got a lot of talent on this course coming in, given the fact that he's won here. And he certainly loved nothing more than to make a run and, and head out to Augusta on Tuesday.
4: How about some long shots, my friend?
6: That guy's Nick Taylor, 50-1, to 1, and he's the guy that finished inside the top 25 twice at this event in the past. And he's he, a guy that can get very hot. He's either hot or cold. It's really straightforward. Tenth at the Valve last week. Second at the Waste Management in February. Seventh at the Sony in January. That's three top tens so far this year, and it's because of that that the play I really like on Nick Taylor is the top ten. at five to one. I wish I had some amazing stats to share with you here, but it's really pretty simple. His ball striking is elite, and is and sometimes it's not. His putting's elite, and sometimes it's not. The times when he puts the both together, he's a lock for a top ten. When he isn't, he's probably going to miss the cut. But um, five to one, top ten, I think it's worth a look at Nick Taylor. And then Joseph Bramlett, 110 to 1, true bomb this week. But so I think he's really interesting. One I played super small at 110 to 1. I added a little more top 10 at 10 to 1. But I think the, my, my favorite value of the week is him top 20 on DraftKings at plus 400. I think that's a tremendous price. Guy's got an elite talent, just often can't keep it together all four rounds. Last 10 events, he has two top 10s and a 13th. You just can't be a bum and do that. So. Ball striking Mm -hmm. top-notch, short game decent, his putting is not. But if he can just be neutral with the putter, top 20, potentially top 10 for Bramlett, I think it's a great guy to look at this week and a really good value in in DFS as well.
5: Very cool. The site is CutMakerPod.com. The podcast is called the CutMaker Podcast. And get all the plays there as well, updated with the live uh, odds uh, during these events. And, and again, uh, Cam Young's caddy will be on the Tuesday after the Masters for your podcast. Uh, Jeff, as always, man, thanks so much for the time today. And uh, crush it. This week, and we'll, I can't wait to talk to you next week before the Masters.
6: Sounds great, fellas. Talk soon. All right.
5: Thank there you, you go. Um, one takeaway I wanted to share with people uh, from the NIT last night as Wisconsin lost 56 54 and they led 41 29 at halftime. So if you're a uh, Red Sox fan watching the show on Nessen, um, if you're a Cubs fan watching the show on marquee today or if you're a fan of any baseball team about to start tomorrow or any fan of any team of any sport it doesn't matter whatever your team you pay attention to the most right you're gonna watch maybe 110 games this year 120 games you are going to know that team better than anything else and so I watch a lot of Wisconsin basketball I'm from there so that's a team that I've always watched and it's been kind of the same thing for 20 years and this year was no exception so when I'm watching that game last night, and they're up by 12 at halftime, yeah. and I see it start to, fa- not even fall apart, but it was right away how the shots were coming easier for UAB, how they made adjustments at halftime, and you knew Greg Guard was not going to be able to make adjustments after they made the switch on um, Chucky. I'm blanking on his last name now. I can't even believe I'm... Hepburn? Hepburn, yes. Yeah. Thank you very much. It's early today. No sleep last night because uh, he was driving me nuts with the game you could tell it was a nine point lead with Wisconsin. And I'm telling myself there's a very good chance here that UAB is not only going to cover the current number at six and a half, which I bet. Yeah. My God. Sorry. It's a disaster. We know what you're saying. Yeah. North Texas. They were going to cover down by nine. I took six and a half twice. I also took a little bit on the money line. It's like, I watched this team play game in and game out year after year. You could see it falling apart. And that's exactly. Now, uh, you could say, well, Mitch, it was a nine-minute 9, nine minute scoring drought. Is that ever going to happen? Yes! It's Wisconsin basketball. Yeah. It happens all the time. Yeah. I mean, as I tweeted out during the game, they said it on the broadcast over, and over as the minutes were progressing. It's now an eight-minute drought for Wisconsin. It's now a nine-minute drought. I've heard that repeatedly over the years of watching this team. It's who they are. It's, that's their identity. And there was a good chance that they were not going to cover the game and potentially lose it, and they did.
4: Yep. Yeah. I am from Minnesota, reluctantly. So i you. I always would watch uh, Wisconsin basketball. Uh, I, I the one team was so refreshing with Kaminsky that made the final four. Yeah, they were of awesome. But it's like it speed it up a little bit. You know, it's like change the, You're right. Change the tempo. Change how you play. It's the same grind it out crap, unwatchable. Can't do it. And and of course you had the announcer jinx too. I mean, it was it was too good to be for. This is flying over. Oh, boy. The total was one. (laughs) They had 70 combined at halftime. They needed 45
5: and 46 points to go over for the game in the second half.
4: How do you go nine minutes without a point?
5: That's nuts. The last possession was hilarious. You take the ball. No, no. You take the ball. It's hot potato time. Pass it a couple of more times. They're right below the basket. Couldn't
4: get a shot off. Yep. Incredible job by the Mean Green, though but that's right up up eight nine minutes you don't score the rest of the game they close on a 10 nothing run nine minutes though it took
5: that is the identity of the program up yep. next major league baseball future bets and some uh great opening day props are up next how many pitch clock violations on opening day
3: Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: This is Follow the Money
4: on vSENG. A lot going on. March Madness winding down, but everything else is heating up. Masters next week. NBA-NHL playoffs draft opening day tomorrow. VEASAN Pro as you covered with our betting guide, best bets. The Masters betting guide will be out. Preview every golfer in the field, plus matchups. You're not going to get better predictions in golf people than this network as well. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. $19. $19. VEASAN. Dot com slash subscribe. All right, so I told myself that I was going to uh, tread
5: lightly, so to speak, betting Major League Baseball awards this year. Uh, had a really good twenty twenty one season. Did not do well last year betting it, and these can be. There's so much variance
4: to this, and it's tough to hit these uh, awards. Well, but. Right, but quickly, a lot of where you've had your success has been jumping in middle of the season. That's going to be my... Your yeah, Perez absolutely. call, your, your Harper MVP, and um, uh, uh, Robbie Ray, Cy Young, right?
5: Yeah, that all came Jumped in 2021. In. I'll never have another season like 2021. Yeah. I, I mean, because I hit everything. I hit... Well, first of all, vascursion's call came in preseason. That was Corbin Burns 50-1. Yes, okay. Then I had Robbie Ray 250-1 to win American League Cy Young. The Harper stuff, bet that in August, I think, at 66-1, to that cashed. And the Perez home run stuff was, that was also the year Ohtani got there at 30-1 to for the MVP. It was just a magical season. So I had at least five awards that year in Major League Baseball at uh, massive numbers. So I don't expect that to happen every single year. My God, if it did, uh, they'd be calling me Mr. Las Vegas. But um, (laughs) I, I have to just grab a couple of guys and look, I mean, this is a form of you know, me. This is you, it's not maybe betting stuff on a day-to-day basis, but it kind of is for a full season, is the way that I approach it. And I'm gonna have a bet later on in the show today on a uh, team to win the most games in March and April. That's posted at DraftKings and here at Circa. That's basically to me like having a bet every single day for the first month. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you who that is. My my biggest bet is on the American League Cy Young. That's the one that I did not tread so lightly with. And that is on uh, Shohei Otani. I just, I love the guy. Last year, the way he finished the season, he was untouchable. His numbers were amazing. I thought he was making a run for the Cy Young last year. This year, his innings are going to pick up. This is all based on, and this is the tricky part about betting awards, right? Guys can get hurt. They can be gone this week. They might have a season ending injury, which sucks. Um, But if this guy plays the full season and he stays in the American League, uh, I think he's going to have a tremendous run here this year and what we saw last year um, on the mound was only the beginning. People are blown away at the two way as they should be, but I think more so based on what he's done at the plate over the first 3 or 4 years. He was out for one year obviously with the injury. I think this year we're just going to see this guy completely shine. I bet him at 14 to 1. 12 to 1 I'm good with, even 10 to 1 I would take a little bit of Shohei this it's every 6th mm-hmm. day this year, not every 6th game or every Wednesday like it was last year. stuff is just lights out. So that's my biggest bet for him to win the American League Cy Young. The most strikeouts, I took Zach Wheeler for the Phillies at 50-1. to I'm surprised he is this high because when you look at his track record, you go back a couple of years ago, he did strike out 247 batters. Now, here's the deal with most strikeouts. This prop should or this market should be up throughout the year a lot of these other markets i'm not going to bet because they're not going to keep them up throughout the entire year like for example most hits not going to bet it they don't keep it up for the full year most stolen bases tough for me to find for a full year so i don't get involved um but two years ago again he pitched 213 innings and it takes a guy who's going to throw a lot of innings now he does have an injury history that goes back quite a few years but he struck out 10.4 per nine that season in 2021 when he had 247 strikeouts, it was 163 last year and the innings were down to 153. But you go back before the pandemic, he threw 195 innings and 182 innings. If he can touch 190 innings again this year and strike out close to 10 per nine, he'll be in the mix. Um, that, that's kind of what it takes to me. And at 50 to one, I thought with the guy and that pedigree, I thought Zach Wheeler was probably a pretty good bet, so I placed that. The most pitching wins, same number, I took Christian Javier with the Astros. The part that I don't like is that Verlander's gone, which means Javier's no longer going to be the three or the four. Uh huh. He's going to slide into the two now behind Valdez, and I would like it much more if he was still the three, because that means that you're going to catch other teams' threes or maybe fours more often, but now he's going to catch the one occasionally and the other teams' two, which will make it more difficult I know a two, a two ways out for the first couple of months of the season, but the lineup is still loaded. And this team is still going to uh, win a lot of games. And his stuff, I think most people saw his stuff in the postseason, but it was really last year in the regular season where he caught, I mean, he went to Yankee Stadium, what struck out 13, um, and had a couple of performances there at, at the stadium where he was just untouchable against a Yankees offense. So uh, most wins there, 50-1. to 1. The NL saw Young... I took Woodruff with the Brewers at thirty-three to one. Where'd you find that? That was uh first of all, I missed the best number. Was he, this
4: before or after Vascurgeon? No, this was before Vascursion. Oh, it was. Okay. So I like being yep. they gotta, gotta go with Vascurgeon. He's got a great uh, track record on his show.
5: Yeah, so that's that's I found it before he came on, so I okay. like being on the same page as him. Okay. Here's where I hate myself though. He was fifty to one at William Hill back in January, but I told myself Okay, I, that's the guy that I want. 50-1 is a good number, but I'm not going to bother locking it up in January. That number's not going to move. Yeah, okay. Good call. <laughs> it, 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 moved, well, it moved like a week later. Okay. I went back to, it was down to 30-1. to 1. I found a 33-1. to 1. He's got elite stuff. I mean, based on, again, I'm with you. Yep. there's a guy who does this, who tracks individual. Like, he's really good at, with, with pitchers. His name is Alex Fast on Twitter. And he was doing this in the offseason. And he was, like, tweeting out pitchers who have... Who are elite, like top five in each league with individual pitches. And Woodruff was like elite, elite with all of his pitches. And he closed up shop last year really, really strong. So at that number, when all of these guys are bunched up in the like six to one all the way to like 25 to one range, yeah. I'll take him a little bit outside mm-hmm. the box. And I, I have to go with. Now, with, why do you do that? You'd like to do this with the closer? Yeah.
4: I know it's. Uh,
5: I will only do it if the, if the guy is 200 or, or one or higher. Okay. And so. I, I will I will admit this. I do it with Josh Hader and I will until the guy retires. Because Paul, we saw last year and again, we talked about this before he, like he fell apart in that middle of the season. He and his wife had a complicated pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So I think that had a lot to do with what happened there with him all of a sudden. But he, again, went the first, what, two months of the season without allowing a run? Like he's that good where he can just be in the mix at the end of the year whereas ERA can be sub-one or in that range, you can save 38 games and not blow one. Like a guy like that, you need an all-time career season from a, a closer to be in the mix and at 200-to-1 odds. That can happen. Can they win the award? Yeah, they're few and far between. The other guy I took was his replacement, Devin Williams in Milwaukee. I actually think he might be a better closer than Josh Hader. And at 1,000-to-1, okay, I'll sprinkle some pizza money on him. The... Let's see here. American League home run... Again, specifically treading lightly here because it's Otani's award to win unless he gets injured. Because a player is going to have to have MVP, you mean?
4: What MVP? Did I say? Home run? Sorry. AL MVP?
5: Yeah, yeah. Uh, AL MVP. He, a player is going to have to have um, an Aaron Judge type season again, or it's going to be 60 plus Probably. home runs and lead the league in every single one of these numbers. Right, yeah. So I took Flyers on Adley Rutschman at 60 to 1. And Jose Abreu at 125-1 to with the Astros. I could
4: see that. With the Astros? Yeah,
5: yeah. big numbers, yeah. They bring him over from that lineup. You're not going to be able to pitch around him. I mean, he's sandwiched in between just spectacular talent. Mm -hmm. So I took him. I also took uh, three long shots for most home runs. Marcus Simeon, 300-1. Dalton Varsho, uh, 400-1. And Abreu at 500. The one I like the most here is Marcus Simeon. And the reason why is because you go back two years ago when he hit 45 home runs, he was right there with Vlad and Salvador Perez at the end of the season, almost won that home run title. Last year, started slowly, first home run at the end of May. He talked about it this off season where it was difficult to him, for him to get used to his new teammates in a new environment. He had 26 home runs in the last four months, which typically would prorate to more than 40 home runs per year. He's got, like, I, I want a guy who's going to have the 40 home run talent. He has that. He's done it before. He's in his early thirties and in that ballpark again with a decent lineup. I think that uh Simeon at 300 to one was definitely worth a bet in my opinion. So there you go. Some of the stuff that I'm entering the season with. Okay. And there well, will we like, again,
4: throughout the season, that's the time to pay attention to this stuff. Yes. What do you think it looks like tomorrow? There's some, there's some creative props, pitch clock violations over under eight and a half uh, batter's box violations, four and a half.
5: I mean, I think the gut feeling on that is that. Set the tone
4: early and uh, let's go, guys. Get in here. This is how it's going to be. The pitchers, I mean, both overs. Eight and a half is a big number, though. Yeah, right. Dave Martinez is the favorite to be the first manager fired as well. Shelton is six to one. Hinch is seven. Bud Black's nine. Boone's 12 to one. Okay. Boone, 12 to one, huh? I don't think that's going to happen, though. Okay.
5: Yeah, What do you think about eight and a half?
4: That is a big number. Yeah. But that's, uh, I th- you, you might see them, the umpires try to uh, be in control early. We'll talk NFL. Sure.
5: Yeah. With Trevor off from Pro Football Focus up next. A really good football team solved a potential issue at one position this month. What does that mean for the draft?
4: This is Follow the Money on VSAN. NHL playoffs around the corner, whether you're rooting for your team or betting on your favorite player, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered for all the NHL action. Right now, new customers can place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Join the action now, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app, sign up with code VEASAN, promo code VEASAN.
5: Talk some NFL and NFL draft here. Trevor Sickema kind enough to join us here on a Wednesday morning from uh, Pro Football Focus. Good morning, Trevor. How are you today?
8: I am doing great, fellas. Appreciate you having me on the show.
5: Yeah, you bet. You it. Now you guys are great on YouTube with the uh, the mock drafts and discussing all the potential angles. Uh, I, I wanted to begin with a team that made the Super Bowl, the Philadelphia Eagles, who were very close to being the defending Super Bowl champions. And I thought there was a good angle here that you guys, well, that you wrote about anyway. That I totally agree with. They took care of any potential cornerback issues this month, and that was a potential target at number ten overall. Well, now that problem's you know in theory solved. Who do you think they're they, they're going to target now at number ten overall?
8: Well, it makes it really interesting because when you look at how the Eagles have built their team, their roster at this point to get to Super Bowl contention, they've done it for trading or selecting in the trenches. They're emphasizing the trenches no matter what. Sometimes. I don't want to say to a fall because you can never have too many good trench players, but there have been times where the Eagles have invested premium picks. And I'm not just talking first round picks. You know, when you talk premium picks, you're probably talking anything in the top 50, top 60 guys that you could really uh, count on to become starters for you. They're investing a lot of these guys that didn't play right away, right? Or, or they didn't know exactly where they were going to play, but they knew at some point they were going to need them. Cam Jurgens, their center is one of those guys. Landon Dickerson is another one along the offensive line. And it feels like on the defensive line, too, even when Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave were there, they were drafted in Milton Williams and, and these other guys to uh, play along the defensive line. And, and so I have to think that with what they did in free agency, covering their cornerback needs, you look at this roster right now and you understandably say, man, it's it's pretty complete. Yeah, it's not perfect, but it truly allows them to take the best player available as the board's going to fall to them at number 10. And that is what you want to do as a GF. That is the free agency game. You want to make your team better, but you also really want to just fill some holes to make sure that when you have the chance to get a young guy, especially in the top 10, you have the ability to pick whoever might be falling to you. And in this draft, as we know, dude, that could be a Jalen Carter, right? That could be somebody who was projected mm-hmm. to potentially go number one overall, who might slide all the way to number 10. And because the Eagles no longer have to say... Oh, we got to take a corner, look at our roster needs. You know, when Carter falls to him. They get to reunite him and Jordan Davis and Kobe Dean on that defense and so uh, I just think the Eagles have done a great job of really rounding out their needs to pick that best player available at 10.
4: You had him going 6. is there any way Carter's still there? You think at 10 or 11 or or no?
8: No, I still think that there's a chance, although okay. I would say when, we were, when the news obviously came out of the war for his arrest and a lot more of the details of what happened in January with the car crash that he was um, involved in, or at least around, it, we didn't know what was going to happen, right? It, it felt like a Laramie Tunsil situation where it's like, whoa, okay, this massive off-the-field thing happens, and we didn't know how NFL teams were going to react. Since that has happened, you've got a lot of guys who are really plugged into the industry, who talk to a lot of teams behind the scenes, you know, the Mel Kuypers, the, the Daniel Jeremiahs, a lot of those guys. And they still had Jalen Carter going at number five and number six in their respective mock drafts that came out after uh, the free agency period. So to me, that sort of signals that, all right, back end of the top 10, five to 10 still feels like the range for Jalen Carter. It's not this massive slide mm-hmm. like some people were predicting, maybe into the middle of the first round end of the top 20.
4: Okay. How about seven and eight back-to-back back here? No trade for the Raiders, what you think? Uh, and at eight with Atlanta, it's lying season. I understand. I can't believe this Ritter, and they want to go into next season with Ritter as their quarterback. But you, if you can explain what you think happens with seven and eight, and in your mock you have a one of these teams making a trade.
8: Yeah, I, no, you look, I, I like Ritter. I, I do. He I, was my QB1 last year, although I will admit it was sort of a down QB class. I didn't expect for the quarterbacks to go off the board the way that they did. He ends up being a third-round pick. I felt like Ritter should have been at least something like a second-round pick that, that, that teams would have taken on. But, you know, Ritter, Malik Willis, Sam Howell, even Matt Corral, those guys went a little bit further down the board than we thought last year. So I wouldn't totally just look at Ritter and say, oh, he's a third-round pick, you can't invest in him. I feel like he should have gone a little bit higher in last year's draft. So, I understand why the Falcons like him, but I would say that their situation with Ritter should be similar to that of what the Washington Commanders are doing with Sam Howe. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. We're going to give him every right to start, but that doesn't mean we're not going to make an upgrade if one is available to us. And In our mock draft, we, uh, we had some fun, had the Falcons trading up from number eight to number three to go get Anthony Richardson right in front of the Indianapolis Colts. Anthony Richardson, I think, would be perfect. Bernard Arthur Smith offense with everything that he could do with his legs. How they can continue to emphasize the run game, um, and of course develop him as a passer. So I think that Atlanta they'd love to go pass rusher though if a great one is available for them at number eight. They're also in on the cornerback market, so it's either going to be something along the defense or maybe that okay. quarterback option is spice things up. And then just getting to the Vegas Raiders, I, I don't think they're a candidate to move up. I think the Jimmy Garoppolo deal was solid enough in the numbers to make me think that. If a quarterback falls to them at number seven, they could still take one. And Anthony Bristol or Will Levis, something like that. But I don't think they're a candidate to say, hey, we got to give up all this draft capital to go up and get a guy at number three or wherever it's going to be. So I think that they're going to stay at seven.
5: Let's follow the money here on v the Sports Betting Network. Our guest, Trevor Sickema pro football focused. Uh, okay, so let's say, even even if that doesn't happen, your scenario there where the, a team like the Falcons would trade up to number three to get a quarterback... What do you think the Colts are going to do at number four, trade or no trade in front of them? Uh, is that going to be the best of the remaining quarterbacks, or do you think they actually make a move here for Lamar Jackson now that we know that he wants out?
8: Yeah, I. you know, it's kind of conflicting reports, right? Initially, when Lamar tweets that, hey, I requested a trade early in March, it really feels like Lamar is not going to be a part of the Baltimore Ravens. Just the way that he's talking, the way that he's going about on social media – It basically sounds like he's saying, I'm done there. Either you guys are trading me or I'm just holding out. I'm not going to play. I'm not going to do this again for another year. So then initially, we hear the Colts have some interest right when that comes out. But then, you know, Jerry say at the owners meeting is like, hey, I don't like fully guaranteed contracts. Mm -hmm. Well, that's how we got here in the first place. So there's a little bit of conflicting things right here. I think everybody's trying to use that negotiation um, against one another to get the best deal done. I'd love to see Lamar in Baltimore. Sorry, in uh, in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. I I think that that would be a really nice spot for them because, remember, look at how we were talking about this Indianapolis Colts team at the beginning of last year. We looked at Matt Ryan and we said, okay, this is a good veteran upgrade, not necessarily a risk like Carson Wentz was. We were predicting this Indianapolis Colts team to absolutely win that division, maybe make some noise in the playoffs, and it all kind of fell apart. A lot of that roster is still there, at least the good parts about it, the ones you could have hope in. The offensive line's got to bounce back in a major way, but you hope they're staying a little bit more healthy. And if you add a player like Lamar Jackson to that, especially with Shane Steichen now as their head coach, a guy who really emphasized the dual threat ability of Jalen Hurts, saw him become an MVP candidate, was there to help him along in that journey. You got to think that that's a great spot for him. I I just don't know if Indianapolis is going to make a deal. And the interesting part is, though, you can wait to make a deal for Lamar Jackson until after the draft. is over, oh, yeah. uh-huh. Because remember, because you got it. You got to give two first round picks if you want to sign him and Baltimore's not going to match. So Indianapolis isn't going to want one of those first round picks to be number four overall. So if anything, they're going right. to wait until after the draft and what they do at number four, whether they take a quarterback or not, I think is obviously going to go a long way into telling you whether or not they're seriously in on Lamar Jackson.
5: Yeah. Well said. Last thing for you here, Trevor, um, Right now, the current odds up at DraftKings to go number one overall. Stroud minus 330, Bryce Young plus 225. Which way would you lean on that almost a month before the draft?
8: Yeah, I, I still think it's going to be C.J. Stroud as of right now. I I, just, I feel like all the momentum is going in that direction. And I know the smokescreen season and mm-hmm. teams are trying to put out different things and, and maybe try to fool you, get some maybe leverage if they're moving back, moving up and down. Ultimately, I don't think Carolina is going to move for as much as they kind of wanted to make people feel like they would be open to doing that. You don't give that kind of a price if you're not getting up to number one overall, at least for one guy that you would absolutely love. I still think that that is CJ Stroud. Josh McCown really is a is a prolific kind of pocket passer guy. He's he, that's, that's what he is looking for. I think the same out of Frank Wright. And I really do believe, for as much as I love Bryce Young, the skill set, of cj stroud is what they're going to gravitate towards and ultimately if i had to pick right now i would be betting on the Vegas favorite to stroud to be the number one pick
5: mm. you can follow him on twitter he is at tampa bay Trey, and uh the youtube channel is nfl stock exchange great stuff today trevor thanks so much for the time we appreciate that
8: yeah appreciate it guys anytime
5: yep thank you i totally agree with him i don't think the raiders no. why i don't why would they trade up now
4: yep i'm also with him on carter Does i do think he stays top 10 and maybe six sounds about right too. Man, if he, first of all, I would love the Lions even
5: more if Carter goes to him, yeah. goes to that team. Yeah. But also, either one of those teams, if Carter goes six to the Lions or, or number 10? 10 to the Eagles. Oh,
4: yes. Wow. Yeah. Gift.
5: Gift. That is a luxury pick there mm-hmm. for the Eagles. And he's right. Then he can uh, tag team back up with Jordan Davis, who was, I mean, on pace to be really yeah. good last year, stopping the run. Tonight's NBA card is up next and we'll grade regular season win totals with a week and a half to play in the sport. Here on Follow the Money, it's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. (sighs)
7: Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com?
0: Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: This is Follow the Money on vSENG. Great house specials and menu. Get up some fun up there at Bet Rivers. All the house specials. Longest winning streak in baseball. Who's going to have the division lead in April? Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Also the place to be for the squares. Going up to $10,000 in bonus money by playing their squares this basketball season. Place a qualifying bet. Get a bonus square. The numbers match. You win. Full terms and conditions available. BetRiversSquares.com. Good time to do this. Only 12 days left in the regular season of the NBA, and only five teams with a win total hangs in the balance here. I'm grading Memphis because they only need two wins. So Memphis is going to go over. But with with this many games left, it is surprising that you see so many of these graded and only a couple teams with only six, seven games left where it comes down to those games. So some of the biggest movement we had was on the Hornets under. And a lot of people who cover the sport, and I respect, said, pound that under, it's easy. they were right. From 36 down to 33 and a half. And it was a horrible year uh, for Charlotte. And that cashes. The Cavs over. 42 and a half, up to 47. That was a winner. And they could be dangerous come playoff time. But it's also interesting, what seed are they going to get? Could be dangerous. Yeah. Well, I, I, I would like them even more, though, if they could get Boston and avoid Milwaukee until the possible conference finals.
5: Yeah, so if they could get the three, they'd they be could, looking at yeah. maybe a Brooklyn type there right. or it's Miami. Tough,
4: tough loss last night, but they did sit see, see people. But They uh, did, yeah. But still, they, they could catch Philly, who has a tough schedule.
5: Yeah, I think getting the three there, cool. that means that in the second round, that they would get probably the Celtics. That, to me, would be a much better path than uh, going through the Bucks in round number two. Right, right. Look at, the, look at this Celtics team. Oh, boy. It's the exact opposite issues. again of last year. Big-time issues. They were piping hot going into the playoffs. Yeah.
4: Defensively, they were awesome. This year, it was offense right
5: away, and now they're fading going in.
4: Forget about you need it and, and you know, seeding and all that stuff. An 11-point favorite. Washington had been horrible. Yep. And they they couldn't get a stop. So those two, that's where the betters uh, did well. Toronto over and Utah under no good Toronto 45 and a half bet up to 48 and Utah 28 bet down to they're the Wembayama sweepstakes what a surprise this was yeah. with the Jazz who well, fly over their win total I think Utah is exhibit a right of uh now sports books leaving
5: win totals up in sports throughout the entire right, season right right you could tell right away that
4: it was not going to be as bad as what people thought right from the get-go yep yep that is true and the emergence of Marquinhos, which nobody saw. Okay, these are the teams that are still undecided. And, and now Houston should go under. They were 23, so it looks like they're going to go under. Mm-hmm. The Bulls were 41 and a half. They're going to make the play-in. They're playing well. I think they're 10 and five, 10 and six since they got Beverly, and they have a huge game tonight against the Lakers. But they're 36 and 39. So the, the Bulls, unless they run the table here, the Bulls are going to go under. The Spurs. They're going to go under. They're, uh, they were 22 and a half. They have 19 wins. So they're going to go under. The Wizards, a big win last night. They were 35 and a half. They, they have 34 wins now. Can they get two more wins? Maybe. It's going to be a good sweat, though, now that they're out of it and they're, they're not going to make the play-in. And the 76ers were 52 and a half. Eh, a little tricky. Yes, the schedule's tough, but you only need you know, three, four more wins. Four more wins, depends where you got it, but if you go by 52.5, it's going to be tricky. They get Dallas tonight. Uh Uh-huh. And they're only laying
5: four or five, which is surprising. They They get Toronto on Friday. Uh Uh-huh. They then close at Milwaukee, Boston, Miami, at Atlanta, at Brooklyn. It's not an easy
4: slate Uh for them if you need them to go over. Yes. Everything else decided. Boston. Over. Pacers. How about this? They were 235 now, I know they're sitting people, and Milwaukee's a huge favorite. You didn't have healed Halliburton, and uh, Turner the other night, and they handed the Mavs a gift, but they went over, flew over their total. Cavs, as I mentioned, a winner as well. They OKC another one. They were 23-and-a-half as well at some spots. They're, they're probably a good chance they make the play-in. Flew over OKC. God, they're, they're tied right
5: now with Dallas after what happened last night. Oh, that was and, and, a bad how loss. About the, the, the Mavs killer and the
4: Thunder killer in the same week, Charlotte. Right. Utah flew over. Bucks went over. Orlando over. Sacramento, another one. If they win tonight, they uh, clinch a playoff spot. They were 35-and-a-half. And they have a five-game lead over the Suns as uh, Durant comes back tonight. And Santa, uh, Sacramento is a 14-point road favorite Ow. in Portland. The Oh, my God. The biggest question, I think, going into the
5: offseason will be when people are talking about, like, to maybe win a division, make the playoffs, go over their win total. Who is who will be the kings of next year? That will be like one of the I biggest know, talking right? points. For it's going to be have, have to be a young team. Yeah, right. I think the Pacers. Um, just for people like spitballing, right? I think Orlando would be that team that can make a big. I lead could next see that. Year. Okay,
4: yeah. Knicks, great job by Thibodeau and the Knicks this year. The opposite of what we thought and we expected from a Thibodeau team. Top five in offensive efficiency, middle of the pack in defense. An exciting team, maybe could win a first round. What was their win total? I'll grab it in a second. Okay. Uh, that, Den-
5: that's If we get Knicks and Cavs in the 4-5, oh boy, what a series that is. And as we told you yesterday, a couple of odds makers here in Las Vegas said between $2 and $3, the favorite on the Cavaliers in that series.
4: The Knicks were 39 Okay, so they're going to fly over. Yep, Denver over. And, um, uh, again, Memphis only needs two wins to go over. The Unders, Dallas, major disappointment. The the Mavs were 48. They'll be lucky. I don't think they'll make the playoffs. They'll be lucky to make the play-in. Atlanta, 46. McMillan fired. Trey Young, head case. Problems with no matter every coach, it seems. And even though they they got Murray, Nets didn't have a chance with the Kyrie business and the trades. They were 49. Uh, Charlotte, easy under. Golden State, easy on They were 52. The road issues. And they were down 20 last night. Yeah. And came back to win and cover. Curry was awesome. In that game. He had 39.
5: Some of the passes he was making off the charts good. So that's the uh, about the Kings, by the way. Maybe coming out of the Western Conference. How badly do they need the a team like the Wolves to land at number six and not the Warriors?
4: I, right, well, I wouldn't be afraid of them.
5: But here's the thing, I'm no. not, and here's why I might like the Kings even more. Nobody will make a case for them. Yeah. If it's Kings Warriors in round one, you will not hear a single person on mainstream media say, give me the Kings. I, I That's my projection. I yeah. could be wrong, but I think wow. it's going to
4: be, well, these are the champs. It's the playoffs. They'll so turn it on. They're going to be too much. Uh, I think that'd be a mistake. How bad they are on the road. And how uh, Sacramento's the number one offensive team. Yeah. Okay. And they, um, Clippers were 52. No way. Detroit. They were 29. They have 16 wins. Oh not even close. Now you had injuries there as well. Heat under, Suns under, Pelicans, T-Wolves, Portland, Lakers, and Toronto. Toronto was 48, as I mentioned, with the movement from 45 and a half up to 48. All those teams already unders. Those your overs and unders and only, again, was still 12 days left in five, six games. Yeah. Only five teams how, here come down to, to the wire. How did you do overall on totals? Two and zero. And you had? Oh, sorry. Uh, Mavs under Portland under. I'm going to okay. lose. I am going to lose. Yes, no. Knicks to make the playoffs. I bet no. I'm going to lose that. Okay. Uh, but also we got. I thought I had a shot here with the with Brooklyn to miss the playoffs. But it appears with Miami's issue, that's not going to get there as well. Uh, uh, but I had a chance. I thought things could go sideways. That lower half of the
5: Eastern Conference.
4: Right, right. But it's a fun night tonight. And uh, more on a card coming up of the schedule. But again, everything the, the West is just a mess with all this, and in light of uh, the OKC loss and what happened last night. But the Lakers got to get this one tonight. They have to get it. I mean, they're catching the breaks that some of these teams are losing and what's happened to Dallas and OKC. But the Lakers are favored on the road against Chicago. You got to get this one. Now, with LeBron back... You have an easy schedule in April,
5: and and Paul, people are betting it that way too. Just because you need a game doesn't mean they're going to win the game uh-huh. or cover. It's just there's an uptick here at one book in Las Vegas moved to two and a half. Lane two, pretty much. This is probably going to go up today. Why? Right. You are paying a heavy tax today on the Lakers betting this team, and yep. well, this number is going to go up today. Yep. So I, my recommendation to you here, if you like the Bulls, just
4: wait. They've been playing well, and they just got them. They just got them. You, okay. want, you
5: want to lay two and a half right no. now with the Lakers yep. on the road?
4: No. I'm not. I do not. Uh, to make the playoffs at DraftKings, the Lakers are a dollar fifty. To participate in the play-in, they're minus three eighty. And the other big news is Durant's back for the Suns, and they're only five, five and a half against the T-Wolves, who have been playing great ball. But that's they're in the middle of this tough road trip. Can they keep? The, are they going to go at Golden State, at Sac, and at Phoenix in a row and win all three? Wow! Sure. Sure. What first game back? But this is the incredible you, you think it's gonna click yeah. right away for the Suns? Well it looks uh, yeah, but it, l- it looks like Durant's never missed time though. When, when when he comes back, he's been injured so much. But uh they're five five and a half tonight. Big game, huge. I'd say the same thing. If you like the Wolves, wait. This this yeah, number yep. could could go up again today. Yep. Minnesota Based. at Phoenix, Lakers, Portland, Nets, Spurs, Pelicans the rest of the way. So kind of eases up now. For Minnesota.
5: An hour to go, more on the NBA card, and we'll get into uh, win totals in Major League Baseball, division prices, playoff odds as well. Coming up.
0: Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math and Magic Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.